0: We certainly love what you're doing. Thank you so much for, uh, you remember John and Amber Kimball. They lead up the Matthew 25 that we supported at Oak Grove. And uh, they've just given all those Haitian pastors an education for free. And they were here when we went to Israel a few years ago. Y'all remember John and Amber. Uh, We were their youth pastors like a couple of years ago. (laughs) You know, you wake up and you realize, what? How did we get here? Time just keeps a moving on, right? And when your babies have babies, you know, it's a wonderful thing, but you're like, wait a minute. Uh, yeah. So praise the Lord. I can't wait to preach. And so what I'm going to do this morning is share a little bit about, uh, our, our series is the Holy Spirit and it's mission Sunday, Justice. So we got the Holy Spirit is part of the mission of God. How many know the Holy Spirit has a plan and he's part of the mission? He was, he was, uh, Always a part of the mission. And so I want to start this morning just to preach a little bit, give you four quick thoughts, and then I'll share some of my time in Kansas and also in Fiji. Just got back Friday night, midnight uh, from Fiji, so I am here. I'm not accountable for anything I say or do. So, uh, John 16 7, the Amplified Bible, I tell you the truth. Jesus. Always prefaces what he's about to say. I don't know why he has to. How many know he is the truth? He is the truth. In a world filled with lies, how many know it's good to know we have truth? He said, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, and any other thing, the paraclete, you can come up with a bunch. Can I tell you, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit of God. Man, he's so much more than we could even have time to talk about. But he, if, if Jesus said, if I don't go away, he will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. How I many know oh, that's good news? That's the word of the Lord. Four quick thoughts. God sent Jesus. Jesus was the first missionary. Can you say amen? God sent Jesus. God sent his only son that whosoever believe in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. The only way to get to heaven is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. As you go to church, you can even get baptized. But if you don't have Jesus, you can even pay tithe. But if you don't have Jesus, there's a lot of people in church, but it doesn't mean they're in Christ. Jesus is your ticket to heaven. Amen? Anywhere you go, it's the same entrance. got to have Jesus. I'm thankful for him. God sent Jesus, and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. After he was resurrected, went through the heavenlies, he broke the sin curse on our lives. How many thankful for what Jesus did on the cross? And he opened up a new and living way. He presented his own blood on the mercy seat. The father said it's good. He tagged out and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can sum up the book of Acts simply. Jesus went up. The Holy Spirit came down and the church went out. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit sent the church. Remember that? Uh, the Holy Spirit set aside, set apart Paul and Barnabas for the work of the ministry. They were the first missionaries in the church. And Stephen was the first Christian martyr. He went up. Amen. And, uh, uh, but, but he was preaching. The church sent Pastor Ron. I said, Old Grove sent Pastor Ron. And I'm thankful. I really do appreciate that. For you to, uh, for you to give me that opportunity to go. A lot of churches are self-centered and selfish. They just want, that's my. I want you. I want you. You don't need me. How I many know you need Jesus? You can live without Pastor Ron, but you can't live without Jesus. And so I appreciate you uh, setting us on loan. But who is the Holy Spirit? And and what work does he have to do in us and in our world? That's, that's what I want to present to you today as we get in this series. First of all, I want you to know he is a person. Come on, shout amen. He's not a denomination. He's not some doctrine. He's more than doctrine. He is the third person of the Godhead. He has a personality. He is a spirit as God is spirit. He doesn't have a body. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the person and he has a personality. He has knowledge. 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 10 through 12. For God has unveiled them and revealed them to us, the mysteries of the gospel, through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things diligently. That's what he does. Even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God, the divine counsels and things far beyond human understanding. For what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? So also nobody knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is a personality. He has knowledge, intellect, will emotions he can be grieved right and so and so we want to make certain that people are are not talking when you talk about spirit field or pentecostal or think so many people get hung up and they don't really understand he is real i said i know he's real i feel him in my soul amen he's real so now we have received not only the Spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. That's how we know the Holy Spirit is the one who who began to woo us and call us and draw us. No man could even come to the Father except the Holy Spirit draw him. Amen? So he's got a work to do. That's who he is. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He was there at creation. Let us make man in our image. Remember that? That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all there. So he's got creativity. He's got a creative mind. He, he is there in the beginning with God. He superintended the writing of the scripture. Holy men of old. They were, uh, the Holy Spirit breathed on them. And the Holy Spirit helped them to know what to write, how to write. You know, it wasn't just men writing some text, a uh, historical text. I mean, no, it's the Holy Spirit of God who was actively involved in getting us the unadulterated, pure word of truth. Is anybody glad for the Bible? And how did the Holy Spirit protect this Bible down through the ages of time? How did he give us the continuity of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? I don't know about you, but this can't be made up. Just like you can't make up the divine design. How many know God created everything that is? And not only did he create it with a spoken word, he also, the Holy Spirit was there, hovering over the waters. He was there. And he breathed, and and then, then God began to separate and start creating, and the Holy Spirit was there. And he breathed among the authors who wrote the book of the Word of God. He also was there to empower the church. Jesus gave the commandment, hey, you go and pray and wait for the promise of the Father. Jesus already knew. The Holy Spirit already knew. Can I can I just tell you folks, God had a plan from the beginning of the world? The Holy Spirit is part of that. He was all over the Old Testament. He didn't just show up in the book of Acts. He's always been. He convicts our hearts of sin. He gives us new life. Man, we don't have time today to tell you all that he does. He comes to elevate and lift up Jesus. That's his number one job description. Amen? He's to lift up the name of Jesus. He's to glorify Jesus in your life. He's to help you. Supernaturally become more like Jesus. He came to help us be more like Jesus. Jesus came to show us life through his words. Right? And through his works and through his wonders. He just showed up in a real tangible way. I said Jesus really was here. And now he is really still here. In the spirit. Right? Spirit of God. Spirit of Christ is here. And so there's so similarities. Uh, he's, he's, he's got the same characteristics, eternally existent uh, in the past and in the future. And he's here right now. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there he is. Amen? And, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and liberty to know the things of God. He's helping us. And even when we don't know how to pray as we ought to, how many know the Holy Spirit's praying through us? With utterances that cannot even be known. I don't know if, if if you're contemplating the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I would contemplate no longer. I would just receive. He's here. If you're seeking the baptism, he's here. And he wants to feel you more than you need to be filled. Right? And so all of these things are what he has come to do. Jesus came to show us and model for us all of these things. And so I just wanted you to see these things this morning. As, as we get into it, because in eternity past, He was already existent and He will be in the future. He's regenerating us, open us our eyes. He's sanctifying us. He's imparting new life. He's making saints out of sinners. And He baptizes us into the body of Christ, into the power of the Spirit to go. He lives in us. He dwells in us. Can somebody shout, He's in me. He's in me. What a powerful thought. He dwells in us to make us more like Jesus and he energizes us to go to what I call endangered people. You talk to children about it uh, and they don't always understand uh, the the lostness of mankind. But you tell a child about an endangered species. I know mean, oh, they've been to science long enough to know what an endangered species is. It's an animal that is going to be extinct I tell you what, if we don't get back to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, tongues are going to be extinct. a generation of Pentecostals are going to be extinct, and if we don't keep preaching Jesus, how I mean know oh, a whole bunch of people are going to be in extinct who what is endangered people? That is people who have never heard the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. How is it fair that you and I hear it ten thousand times a day and they've never heard it once? The good news. How I many know oh, it's still good news? So how, how do we care for the lost? Jesus showed us through his words, his works, and his wonders. And to love the, the widow and the orphan. To heal the brokenhearted. To preach the good news to the poor. And he called us and he commissioned us. And the Holy Spirit shows us all of these things that Jesus did. And he helps us to go. To go into all the world and evangelize, baptize, and mobilize. And so, what is an endangered species? Those are people who have never heard, never heard, never reached. There's some that heard and never responded. And then there's others that have never, ever heard. And I just got back from a country going into villages way deep in the heart of Fiji that has never heard. Never heard. Never heard. And I know this generation has a passion and a fire that wants to go. I know they do. But how I many know you can't bring your Wi-Fi? Some of you can't go through the noon hour without Wi-Fi. You want to drive a young person crazy? Take away the Wi-Fi. Parents actually use this for punishment. Take away your Wi-Fi. Oh, martyrdom. C.S. Lewis said, you've never met a mere mortal. Everybody has a living soul. And because they do, it's destined to go to one of two places. When they get to the throne room of God, they will all hear one of two things. Welcome, enter into the joy of the Lord, or depart from me, I never knew you. So, Old Grove, I'm here to say, let's go tell the world about Jesus. Let's keep going. It's Mission Sunday. How many know we can get to a place where we think we've done enough? We can do more. We can go further. We can... We can do it because listen, the Holy Spirit helps us say what we'd never been able to say on our own. He helps us do what we can never have accomplished on our own and go where we never would have been able to go. The Holy Spirit is here. And how many know He is equipping us to go? So I want you to hear a couple of things. I want you to hear the call from heaven. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Remember that? Isaiah said, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? For us. Do you hear the Trinity there? The Holy Spirit saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. How many have that passion? Come on, lift your hand and say, here am I, Lord. Send me. Don't get scared. We're not recruiting to go across the ocean. But how many know we are recruiting for you to go across the street? Go to your neighbor. Go to somebody. Tell somebody. God's will is that you share the good news that Jesus is the only way. Pastor, that sounds intolerant. Yes, it does. But I didn't write the book. I just preached the book. Don't shoot the messenger. How many know it's the truth? He is the way and the truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through Jesus. The woman at the well, Jesus said, lady, you go ahead and, and drop that bucket in the well. And you will get water that will last you a day. But if you'll drink the water I have, you will have living water and you'll never thirst again. I mean, no, that's the good news of the gospel. Something that she can sink her teeth in. So hear that call from heaven. And then hear the challenge from hell. Remember the story of the rich rich man in Lazarus? The rich man said, I'm, I'm in torment day and night. Nobody wants to go to hell. I've never met anybody who wanted to go to hell. If they did, they're talking out of their head. And they don't really know what they're talking about. Darkness. Pain. Torment. Gnashing of teeth. Heat. The worst part about hell is that God's nowhere around. A love of God. And I think it's pretty uh, unique how God will pull everybody into his presence. At the great white throne. They will come into the presence of God. So if they did never feel, Josiah, if they never felt the love of God, how would they know what they're missing? So God brings them in his presence and they feel this incredible love. How many ever felt the love of God? Oh, love of God, how rich, how pure, how measureless and strong. The saints shall forever sing of the love of God. Amen. They feel it and then they hear him say. you got to go. And what's worse than torment is the absence of God. And not for a week, not for a day, not for a month, not for a two-year span, for a virus. Forever. Ever to never be in his presence again. So the challenge from hell is go. Please don't let anyone come down here. Send word to my five brothers. Tell them about Jesus. Don't ever let any one of them come here. This is no place for anybody to be. you got to see this. The, it's, the cry from hell today is not, let's party! The cry from hell is, go tell them! Don't come down here. Whatever you do, don't come down here. So if you, if you say, Pastor, you're a little emotional, a little passionate, you know, intolerant. Listen, it's not because I don't love them. It's because I love them that I try to help them get out from the clenches of sin and 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 the grip of hell, Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is Jesus. Amen? Eternal life. So let's go. Somebody shout, let's go. Let's go preach. Let's go preach. Thank you for letting me preach. I hit the ground in Fiji. I preached. I preached on Sunday. I was wearing a skirt. I don't care what you put on me as long as you let me preach. They put a big old, big old wreath around my neck. It's, I thought, Lord, I hope I don't get all of this, uh, in, you know, in my nose and start coughing. But whatever. They put that around my neck. I put a jacket because I just got back from Kansas with the worst, with the team that went to the mission uh, in Kansas with Oak Grove. Got back at 10:30 Sunday night, packing at midnight, and I didn't pack everything But I got a text in the middle of the packing that said, "You need to get a COVID test when you get there." So Melissa and I were up till midnight, one in the morning, trying to get a COVID test uh, appointment when I landed in Fiji. You had to buy that, thirty-nine dollars. How many know somebody's making money on COVID? What a genius idea! You can't get and guess what? They quit the following Monday. That's how I know it's sugar water. Come on, somebody. Hey, Amen. Maybe it's not sugar water. I know it's helped a lot of people. I'm not not joke about such a serious thing, but somebody's making money on COVID. And now they're going to make some money on monkeypox. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not sure what's all that about. But but I'm here to tell you that uh, I didn't pack all my clothes. It happens sometimes. I've been on missions trips, Max, where I had to borrow a shirt from the youth pastor in Ecuador. Remember that? Thank God for Tyler Crowder. And uh, it was a little snug. It was a little snug, but I preached anyway. I had to buy shoes. I bought these shoes. Bought a shirt and, and I bought a skirt. And uh the pastor loaned me a tie and he loaned me a coat. And I preached. But there's no air condition over there. Y'all would be, y'all would be in heaven. Y'all would be in heaven. And Pastor felt like, whoa. I thought it was hot at Oak Grove. There's no air flowing anywhere, and I'm in a three-piece suit and skirt. Okay, I had pants underneath my skirt, so it's like a four-piece suit. It's a four-piece suit, and they were preaching me under the pulpit. I mean, I'd shout, and they'd shout more. I thought, man, I want to go. Let's go. So I had a towel. I had to bring me a towel, uh, wiping my head and just preaching away, and after I finished, the pastor got up, and in his broken English said, I learned me a phrase, I learned me a phrase today, a phrase said um, next Sunday and Sundays after that, y'all will be hearing me say, help me preach, help me preach. <laughs> hey, I don't know where he got that from, but anyway, I'm called to preach, I'm called to baptize, I'm called to teach, amen, teach them everything I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you always. So, and finally, I want you to hear the cry of the heathen. People are searching. We went to a temple on the uh, tour, free day tour. Went to a pagan temple, and uh, and uh, I'm tired. I Was ju- just getting my legs back. I'm a little tired. I didn't want to go to a pagan temple. It's not one of the things I wake up saying I want to do. I've seen a bunch of them in India. I've seen them in every place I've gone. Pagan temples everywhere. Thailand, take your pick. One on every corner. Muslims are winning people by the. Dozens and billions and trillions, it seems like. While we sit and focus so much on ourselves. I mean it was time to wake up the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Time to let them know hey, we have a great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself, and then we have a great commission. It's actually a commission. Just a couple of months ago, the Lord showed me. That it was co-mission. I don't know. I've been serving the Lord all these years, never really put uh, co-mission. But justice, it's a co-mission. That means we don't go alone. I mean, the Holy Ghost goes with us. He's the one preparing the way. Before I ever got on the airplane, the Lord knew who I was going to sit next to. And I sat on the way over there. I sat next to an El Salvadorian couple who spoke Spanish. And you know I was in heaven. And they thought I spoke Spanish, too. But I said, would y'all prefer to speak English or Spanish? They said English. I said, thank the Lord. So we spoke to them all the way over there. They gave me their name. They live in L.A. They thought I had a 10-hour layover in L.A. So they said, Pastor, come to our house. I said, I can't leave this airport. You people are crazy in L.A. I'm not getting out of here. I'm telling you, they made me leave the airport. I got my bags. and from the first flight, go outside the airport and walk in front, outside, in all the way, an eight minute walk. And I tell you, I was already tired. Go eight minutes to go get my bag and check it back in. But uh, the honking and the buzzing and the people, I thought, man, LA needs Jesus. I said, California needs Jesus in a big way. People everywhere searching desperately to find God through religion. And it gives them no hope and they have no peace. I was in that Indian temple or this pagan temple or whatever it was. And um, Hindi, Hindi temple. And there was a, used to be very quiet. They're showing us this lady, uh, first the elephant, the elephant. I forget what they call that. I'm not making fun of I'm just telling you this, this is what they believe. People believe the strangest things. And they believe it with all their heart. And then they, this is lady right here, she's welcoming you to the temple, so be very quiet. Take your shoes off. Reverence. Reverence to a dead God. And that's why when I get in church, I want to give him all my praise. I mean, we serve a living God. There was a, there was a sign, there was a sign on the holiest place in the temple, holiest place. No access. The sign said, you can't come in here, there's no access. And I'm thinking, they are worshiping a God they have no access to do, to, to to go into and to be with. Aren't you glad that we serve a risen Savior? He's in our heart. We have access to God. We can talk to God. We can go boldly to the throne room of God, make our petition known to God. He's a friend. He's a Savior. He's our Lord. He's our master. He's good. I wish somebody helped me preach today. We have access to God. We have access to God. We have what they're looking for. We have what they're looking for. You say, Pastor, how can I go? Well, there's only two things you need to do to go, and I'll tell you a little bit more. Uh, i done preaching. You need two things to go. You need to take up your cross. You take up your cross. Take up your cross. And follow Jesus. Jesus said, You if you want to follow me, you first have to deny yourself. You can't you can't have two people occupy the throne of your heart. You and God is too many. How many know it's just God alone? I said, I said, two objects cannot occupy the same space. It's God and God alone. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. That's discipleship in its purest form, and and and, uh, and that's what he's asking us to do. Follow his voice. It's going to take some time. Not everybody's growing on the same level, right? I said not everybody's growing on the same level. And Pastor Ron's got a lot of patience. I've been with you 20 years. If you're barely moving along, I mean barely. Like an inch a year, I'm with you. When you stop, I've got a torch. I'll get you moving. I'll get you moving. You don't have to move fast, you just have to move. Because things that don't move are dead. And you go in the kitchen and turn on the light at midnight. And if the roach is upside down and not moving, it's dead. But if you go in the kitchen, and you turn on the light at midnight and the roaches are going everywhere. How many know they're alive? I'd rather have you roaches running everywhere than be dead. So pick up your cross. It takes time. It takes money. It takes energy, but you got to do something. How many know you got to move? You got to get mobilized. You got to get sanctified. You got to get baptized. You got to open your mouth and tell somebody Jesus is alive and well. And if he's alive, how many believe his church ought to be alive? I'm just I'm not here to apologize. I'm fired up. I feel like I've been born again. Fiji put some fire, maybe they took the volcano fire, put it on me. The second thing you need is a towel. Take up the towel. Take up the cross to go and take up the towel. The cross is the inward work. The towel is the outward work. You got to do something. You got to serve somebody, I mean you got to find something to do. How bored I told my mother when I was a young man that I was bored, and she handed me the broom and the dustpan and I've never told her anything like that again. Bless her heart, she's in heaven. You need a towel, Jesus, when he was leaving, telling that text I was telling you about It's expedient that I go away, or if I don't go away, I cannot sin. I don't go, I can't send. And if I don't send, you can't go. So pick up your cross and pick up your towel and follow me. That's a short sermon to which you're very blessed and happy about. Serve the Lord now. Get yourself ready. Amen? And then finally take up the altar of prayer. You can go on your knees. Pastor Ron, I can't go. I don't know how you go all over. I go because you let me go. Not every church will have enough enough um, unselfishness to let a pastor go. I thank you. We brought a team to to Kansas. and We had a wonderful time. We'll have testimonials soon, uh, but we had a wonderful time. We actually planted a church in Scott City, Kansas, from the Garden City Church. Can I tell you, they're doing it, but without us, they wouldn't have gotten it done. They need us. They're doing it, but without us, they can't get it done. Down in New Orleans, are you hearing me? And we have a team coming here tomorrow. So we went to Louisiana last year. Louisiana's coming here this year. Let me just tell you that you received, you receive is conditional upon your giving. If you sow sparingly, sparingly you reap. But if you so bountifully, listen, if you didn't go, they wouldn't be coming. Jesus said, if I don't go, I can't send. He's not coming. If I don't go, he's not coming. If we didn't go, they wouldn't be coming. But we partner with a church that's about to partner with us and save us twenty to $25,000 on that building in the northeast corner. Would somebody shout amen to the Lord? That's what you do. Now, honestly, Pastor Ron didn't set that up. Hey, Marty, I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine. No we didn't set that up. we did it from our heart. We did it from our heart. Amen. And here it comes. You cast your bread on the water. How many know it's going to come right back to you. You're never going to outgive God. You're never going to outdo God. You're never going to want up God or go further than God. God went further than I'll ever go. So if you're measuring it up and you're asking yourself, how much sacrifice can you handle? The question really is, how much have I sacrificed? I mean, really? Have I? Since I've been saved, I've been having the time of my life. Is this sacrifice? Well, it's coming. I mean, as the day of the Lord comes and approaches, it's going to get darker in America. But we invested, we invested many, many years ago in the Semites of God in the nation called Fiji. And, man, I was able to see. I was able to see firsthand. The pastor whose dad, back in the early 80s, had made the Bible school. I went to the Bible school. It's got, it's like on a mountain. They couldn't have built it in the flatlands. They had to build it in the mountains. And me in my skirt and my jacket and my brand new shoes was trekking up the mountains to see the Bible school. And when I said to Pastor Brian Webb, you go, he said, no, Pastor Ron, we are going. I said, no, 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 you go. <laughs> I can see it from here. It's beautiful. <laughs> and he said, no, Pastor Ron, the tour is starting now. I said, yes, sir, Pastor Bryant." here we go. And I trekked up and down. They're taking showers in the filthiest place. They made dinner for us, put a tablecloth on the floor, and uh, and brought us their best. We sat down, all, all, you know, Indian style. You know, cross your legs, sit down. And uh, let me tell you how kind these people are. They saw Pastor Ron struggling to sit down on the floor with his legs twisted like that and try to eat. And the chief said, get up. Get up, it's okay. I can see you're having a really hard time. I love these people. They're beautiful people. I thank you. The Lord spared me. He spared me. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers into the harvest field. We met 12 students uh, in Fiji. Um, we'll hear from our 10 that went to Kansas later. I don't want to steal any thunder, but it was a powerful time. Powerful time. But but we met 12 students from Southeastern Assemblies God College in Florida, Lakeland. And then we met one from Boston at North Point, the, what they call the new CBC, right? And so I was restored and renewed about our faith in the future of the Assemblies of God. How many know the church has a bright future? Because there are some students that are really excited about taking the gospels to the end, the gospel to the end of the earth. And I promise you, we weren't very far from the end of the earth. And I was joined the first few days because I was in the city. Um, Called Nandi. That's where the airport was, and where we landed, and where I preached the first Sunday uh, on on the 31st of July. I preached there. Sunday night, I preached, uh, I preached at Talatala Tala Epis Church. Talatala Tala is pastor, and uh, and so uh, let's see. How do you say hello? Um, I forgot, but I'll come up. it will come up with it again. Huh? It's jet lag. I'll teach you stuff. I'll teach you stuff later. I know a whopping two words. Shouldn't take you long. But anyway, uh, as I close up here, Chrissy, y'all can get ready to come back to the platform. But I, I tell you that uh, while I was in the city, we uh, we didn't yet go into the village. Let I me mean, know. There's a big difference. I love the city. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, when I walked out of the airport, there was a mountain there with the sun coming up at 6 a.m. Wednesday when I arrived. It took two days to get there. And the taxi guy said, hey, that's called the sleeping giant. It's just like a nose and a chin and a mouth and then a big old belly, like a sleeping giant on the mountain. And the Lord said, you go home and wake up the sleeping giant. Sleeping Giant is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in America. Sleeping Giant. And I think it's time for us. Amen? I said there's a new day at Oak Grove. I think we can go further. I said I think we can grow despite a pandemic. I think we can preach the gospel despite a wicked nation. I think we can lead people to Christ and bring them into the kingdom despite all that's going on in this wicked world. Because the Lord's coming soon. Amen? But we left the city and went into the village. Three hours. So bumpy was the road, so many potholes, that we hit a rock. And the only air condition we had was now gone. It busted the air condition pump underneath it. So we opened up the windows and began to sing praises. Because there's nothing you can do about it. In missions, we have a phrase, new plan. It happens every 10 minutes. New plan. Say, I thought we were going there. Yeah, we were. But it's new plan. (laughs) That one's old. Okay? (laughs) Yes, okay. So you really don't have control. And in America, we love, we love to be in control. So Pastor Ron was out of his element, following, trying to bless. We got to the village. We had little filters there on my desk. I'll show you. I'm going to get a bucket show you for $2.50. That's right. $2.50. Buy one of these kits. It's a filter. Five parts. Drill a hole in the bucket. Put two washers. Put a little bolt on the end of that. The filter hangs down into the bucket. When they pulled out the dirty water from the village, it was brown. Josiah, I'm talking brown, brown. Brown like rust-colored. When they pulled the water out of the clean bucket that was filtered with this little small, tiny filter, it was crystal clear. And those villagers began to praise the Lord. And I mean, they didn't have no instruments, just belting out. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be oh how marvelous and they were just weeping and crying and thanking the Lord for the love of God and the living water and we stood up to say hey we didn't come to bring you this water alone we came to bring you the living water for this water is good for you and I'm glad it's going to help your family I'm glad it's going to help your village we helped 250 in that village the next day we did 250 in this village and, and we stood up to tell them, this water is not the water we came to give you. This is nice. But how many know they're drinking from the living water? Jesus is the living water. Would you give the Lord praise this morning? Come on, stand to your feet.